0: Should you podcast in seasons? I'm going to share with you the pros and cons of seasonal podcasting, plus include some incredible thoughts from you and other podcasters. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 211. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. One of the things that podcasters sometimes look at is traditional media, and we do learn a lot of good things from traditional media, as well as sometimes some bad things that just don't carry over into the internet world. I've talked about cliches in previous episodes, but one of those things that is common, especially in TV drama, is a seasonal approach to the content. And some podcasters will apply this to their podcasts as well. I sent out an email to my email subscribers, and you can join that list over at the com if you'd like to. I asked them for their feedback on this idea of podcast seasons, and I received such amazing feedback from my listeners, from you and from others, that I really want to share all of this feedback that I received, some great perspectives, some great thoughts. Some of it is a little redundant to certain points that I'll be making, but the way that they word it is fantastic. So I'll be sharing a lot of that great feedback in a little bit in this episode. But first, we need to consider what is a podcast season, really. I think that seasonal content can really have three different varieties. That is, number one, a seasonal publication schedule. Number two, a seasonal presentation approach. And number three, a seasonal production schedule. Publication, presentation, and production. A seasonal publication schedule would be releasing episodes sequentially for any amount of time, really, going on hiatus, then returning with another release of sequential episodes, going on hiatus, returning, hiatus, return, hiatus, back and forth like that. Most TV shows follow this format where you see that they are on maybe for 10 or 11 weeks, then they're off for a few months, they're back on, they're back off, that kind of thing. Very common in television drama. There are also podcasts that are taking this approach. For example, Serial is the most famous podcast recently that's taking this approach and in some ways is suffering a little bit from this because season one has ended and people are hungry for more content from (laughs) Serial. Yeah, that was completely unintentional. But the other podcast that's an example of this is Michael Hyatt's This Is Your Life. He's now taking a seasonal approach to his content and to the publication schedule. That's the first way that you could do a seasonal approach to a podcast, and that's the most common way that people are familiar with, talking about the publication schedule. Number two, seasonal presentation schedule. This is where you focus on a particular topic, or you're taking some kind of repeated approach to different topics, and you're forming a mini-series of sorts. This is kind of like a story arc in modern television shows where it's not just the monster of the week, but it is some kind of overall story arc that carries through in the season or maybe half a season. And every episode, for the most part, is moving that story arc along in some way. I think the Boag World Web Design podcast is a great example of this, where they take a seasonal approach now to their content, to their presentation approach. For example they had a season where it was just top 10 lists. They had a season that was about the tools. They had seasons about different topics and every episode would focus on a particular topic but it would come to that topic with a certain approach. This is really handy because it allows you to revisit previous topics but from a niche approach. I kind of did this a little bit Although I didn't take any kind of publication schedule change or a break, but when I did my little miniature series of challenging the podcasting assumptions, that could have been a podcast season if I wanted to take a seasonal approach with the audacity to podcast and I could extend that out or with the audacity to podcast I could do something like a season for the beginner and it's a series of episodes talking about how to launch your podcast or a season for the intermediate podcast or the advanced podcast or a season about any particular subject and then cover that across several episodes and sometimes reapproach the same content like microphones or setting up your website. But from a different perspective that is tailored to that presentation approach so that's number two seasonal presentation approach number three is a seasonal production schedule this may not necessarily be something that your audience actually notices with your podcast but it would be where you're batching the recording and production work and then releasing these episodes over time you may release your episodes on a weekly or even daily basis but you may be grouping all of your production and preparation work in a short amount of time. So then you have a lot of other time to take off. This is something else that Michael Hyatt does with This Is Your Life, where they record it in a batch and then they produce it and release it over time. John Lee Dumas with Entrepreneur on Fire also does this. But because he has a daily show, his seasonal schedule for his production schedule is weekly because he has so much content to record and release, but it still allows him the freedom sometimes to just take a few weeks off because he has enough content queued up that's already been recorded, edited, it's just scheduled and waiting in the system to publish. So that's a seasonal production schedule, but that may not necessarily apply to a publication schedule. Your podcast could use just one of these three different types of seasons Or it could use all of these or any combination of these methods to have a seasonal approach to your podcast. TV shows also follow this, especially TV dramas, follow typically all three of these. They have a seasonal publication schedule, which is usually starting around August or September, ending in November or December, then picking up again usually in March or April or maybe as early as February. And then ending just before the summer. So they're basically taking winter off and taking summer off. And TV dramas, especially nowadays, are focusing more on the seasonal presentation approach where they have one story arc that carries them through an entire season or maybe a smaller story arc that carries them through half a season. Like we saw this with the TV show that I podcast about, Once Upon a Time, where now they're doing these half-season arcs in the beginning of season three it was a Peter Pan story arc. In the second half of season three, it was this Zelina or the Wicked Witch of the West, basically, story arc approach to the content. And then season four, the first half was a frozen approach. And then in the second half of season four, well, I won't spoil that for you if you haven't seen the show yet, and you're not watching it yet, because the second half of season four is coming very soon. So TV shows are doing this, but they're also doing this In a large part because of the production schedule they have to follow. I've heard it varies for different TV shows, but in general, it often takes 10 days to produce a one-hour weekly TV show. So if you think about that, there's a basic arithmetic problem if you want to have that TV show continue for every week out of the year It just doesn't line up. You need more time than you actually have. Or you need more resources in some way. More staff. And more staff means more money. So it comes back to that idea of you can have it quick, you can have it high quality, or you can have it cheap. Pick two of these. And TV shows often have to go with the high quality and quick or high quality and expensive and suffer in other certain ways. But the idea is that they're following all of these, usually. And it is working well for them, or is it? There's some great feedback that I'll share in a little bit on this idea of how TV shows and some radio shows are doing things with a seasonal approach. But the first two of these, that is the seasonal publication schedule and the seasonal presentation approach, are the most noticeable to your audience. Your audience really probably won't care much about your production schedule Unless it comes into an issue where you're asking your audience to send you all of this feedback for all of these different topics by one particular deadline, and then if they don't get it in, then that's a month or a couple months or however long before their feedback can be incorporated into your episode. That is one area where your audience may notice, but that really depends on how you approach the thing in the first place. So a seasonal publication schedule, a seasonal presentation approach, and a seasonal production schedule. I'll be referring to each of these as publication, presentation, and production in terms of some of the benefits and disadvantages to each of these formats for the podcaster as well as for the audience. Usually when we're talking about podcast seasons or seasonal podcasting, we're usually thinking in terms of The publication schedule where you're podcasting for a few months and then you take a month or a few months or maybe just a couple weeks off. That's usually the way people do it. Sometimes your seasonal approach could be a presentation approach where just something about the podcast has changed significantly enough that you're considering calling it a different season. That's what we're doing with the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast. I've mentioned before, we just had our 200th episode and we announced that it was finally the end of season three. The math doesn't make sense at all. What does make sense is the presentation approach, and that is that season one was when it was really a solo scripted show, and that season lasted for two years with nine episodes, and I did not do well in podcasting back then. Season two was when I got a co-host, and we still focused a lot on the bachelor approach a little bit and had things like bachelor boot camp and things inside of the podcast. But our approach took more of a storytelling aspect to it and relating our life stories in funny ways. And when we made that decision, I came to discover that we weren't the first people to come up with that idea. There were other podcasts doing that very well, like Nobody's Listening or It's Now Called That Story Show with James Kinison and John Steinklopper. And then season three was when I had to ditch the bachelor idea because I very happily got married and I wanted to move away from that bachelor perspective into more the life amateur perspective, still telling funny stories from our lives and sharing funny things that we found and funny feedback from our audience. And we referred to that as season three. And in each of these seasons, we kind of had different theme songs for each of them. And after 200 episodes, then we decided, okay, that's the end of season three. Season four is going to be when we switch to a video format and completely change the way we do the podcast. It won't be just funny stories anymore. It will sometimes be skits. It will sometimes be showing something funny, doing something funny, dramatizing something, telling a story maybe, but all kinds of different settings. And it will be in video instead of just audio. So we're calling that the fourth season And we will take a seasonal approach because we recognize it'll take time to do these things. So we'll have a seasonal publication schedule and a seasonal production schedule, but maybe, maybe not a seasonal presentation approach. It depends on how we feel the video is going, whether we want to continue any kind of theme or maybe switch back to audio for a season, then switch back to video for a season. It's wide open for us like that. And as podcasters, You can really do whatever you want with your show. There are general recommendations of what might or might not be good to do. And that's what I want to bring out here are some pros and cons for you to consider for yourself and make this decision for yourself. I'm not going to suggest definitely one way or the other for you and your show. That's for you to decide. But here are some things for you to consider. First, the benefits of podcast seasons specifically for the podcaster. I think that podcast seasons really benefit the podcaster, you as the podcaster, the most because you're the one who gets to benefit from the time off. So here are a few benefits to you to taking a seasonal approach and the different types of podcast seasonal approaches you could take. Number one, it gives you a break from the stress of content creation. This ties in with the production as well as the publication seasonal approaches. It can take a lot of work to podcast and maybe doing that week after week after week gets really stressful on you. You may only take one or two weeks off during the year or those emergency times that you have to take off because you got sick or something happened and it can get stressful depending on your show, depending on your passion for this, depending on not even just your passion but depending on the project itself. Just because you start losing passion doesn't mean you're not passionate about the topic anymore. It could just mean you need a little break for a moment. So that's one benefit to having a seasonal podcast is you get that extra time to take a break from creating content week after week after week or day after day after day. That would be really hard if you're a daily podcaster. That's benefit number one. Benefit number two to seasonal podcasting for the podcaster is it frees your time in a hiatus to work on the upcoming season and make it even better. This ties in with your production, with your publication, and maybe even with your presentation approach to your podcast seasons. If you finish a season and you announce the next season will return on a certain date, or you just say, we'll be back with the next season, then you could prepare for that. You can put out little teasers. You can have things in the meantime that might feed your audience a little bit, but it's giving you this time to make the next season a much better season. Just think what a break would do for your podcast if you took even just a one-week break and took all of that time you would normally use for releasing an episode on that week and instead use that time to plan out your upcoming, quote, season, unquote, of your podcast, how much better would your podcast be if you had that kind of roadmap for it? You could consider that a different season then. I do recommend that you try and incorporate those planning sessions regularly into the rest of your podcast production so you know where you're going with your podcast, but sometimes focusing very hard on it and coming up with that roadmap for several episodes or maybe for 50 episodes can be really powerful and really help you with your podcast. So that's number 2, freeze your time in a hiatus to work on the making the upcoming season even better. Number 3, it structures content for multiple mini series or themes. This ties in with your seasonal presentation approach to your content. You could reapproach the same content over and over, but each time you're doing it in a different season from a different perspective. You could have multiple mini series, and they could be however long you really want them to be. Each series could be 10 episodes. So you have 10 episodes and then one break, 10 episodes, one break. Or it could be 10 episodes, three breaks, 10 episodes, three breaks. And every season is really a mini series where you're approaching something in some in depth way. Or maybe you're telling a story and you're splitting it up into multiple parts. Or maybe you are interviewing guests that fit in a certain niche. So for the next 2 months you're focusing on the entrepreneur niche or maybe it's even more niche than that. You're focusing on the local entrepreneur for a particular city in a particular state. Then after that, your next season focuses on entrepreneurs in a different city and state. That's number 3. Structures content from multiple mini series or themes. Number 4, opens opportunities to focus on more than one thing. This ties in with your production. But think about how many ideas you have to podcast about. I know as podcasters, it's very easy that once we get into this, we start thinking, oh, I want to start a podcast about this and a podcast about that and a podcast here and a podcast there, here a podcast, there a podcast, everywhere a podcast, podcast. Don't do that. You will stretch yourself too thin. You will wear yourself out and Every podcast you try to do will probably suffer if you're spreading yourself too thinly like that. Having a seasonal approach could open that up for you that you do one season of one show, then it goes on hiatus, then you do a season of a different show, then it goes on hiatus, then you do a season of that first show or maybe a third show, and then it goes on hiatus. So you've got this rotating thing going on. I took an approach kind of like this, at least schedule-wise, with the Audacity to Podcast and the Ramen Noodle during my last year as a full-time employee because I was realizing with being married, trying to balance a full-time job and run the podcast, I could not do the Audacity to Podcast and the Ramen Noodle every single week like that. Two podcasts a week while working full-time and being newly married just didn't work for me. So we decided for a little while that we would go bi-weekly. So one week it was the Ramen Noodle. The next week it was the Audacity to Podcast. The next week it was the Ramen Noodle, then the Audacity to Podcast, back and forth like that. We could have taken a more seasonal approach and done a string of episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, then a string of episodes of the Ramen Noodle, that kind of thing. And that can work for you too in focusing on these other projects that you have. And it doesn't even have to be another podcast. It might just be something else you want to do. It could be Starting a business or running a blog or producing content in that same niche, but a different style of content. Maybe you have a regular audio podcast. You do that for three months, then you pause that. Then you start blogging for three months, then you pause that. Then you start doing video on YouTube for three months and you pause that. Something like that could be an opportunity that would open up by doing a seasonal approach to your podcast production. That's number four. Number five, easier crowdfunding or sponsorship negotiation for an entire season. This ties in with your publication schedule that you may be working with for your seasonal approach. You could put it out there for a potential sponsor to sponsor the entire season. So you can say in your podcast, this season is brought to you by so-and-so. And And then that really encourages the sponsor to see the long-term effects of a podcast sponsorship instead of just the single one-off sponsorship of one episode here or there. They're seeing a more long-term effect. And then for your listeners and for your marketing of that season, you can more strongly promote that particular sponsor for it as well. On the crowdfunding side, if you use a service like fund anything or kickstarter or any of those popular crowdfunding services they don't allow you to crowdfund for a series that is something that's repeating and repeating and repeating but you could get on these services to get funding for a particular season and just do it one season at a time as you're crowdfunding now there are other opportunities through patreon or now joyride is another one That does allow you to get crowdfunding on an episode-by-episode basis or month-to-month basis, and those can be great opportunities for podcasters. But the seasonal approach could be fun, too, with crowdfunding because you could tell your audience, we can't launch season two until we raise this much money. You could put out little teasers then during the hiatus, getting people excited about it, but then it is something that you inspire them. To participate in that crowdfunding in order to launch the next season. So that's number five easier crowdfunding or sponsorship negotiation for an entire season. These are some of the benefits to you as the podcaster if you're looking at podcasting seasonally. Now, the benefits to the audience are quite different. Number one, a seasonal podcast usually works around lower content consumption times like summers and holidays. Keep in mind, these can be different in different hemispheres. Summer for northern hemisphere like America is completely a different time from summer in the southern hemisphere. So we're used to having a cold winter at Christmas time and to us things like snow and pine trees and mistletoe and stuff like that to us as Americans and Northern Hemisphere folks really strikes us as this is very Christmas. You know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and all of that kind of stuff. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Very Northern Hemisphere types of songs. Well, for people in Australia, Christmas is very different down there. Christmas is, yeah, go to the beach, grab your swimming suits and have some fun in the sun. It is Christmas time. So with podcasting, you have an international audience, and you need to keep these things in mind for what works best with your audience. There's some great feedback from that that I'll be sharing in a little bit as well. But this can work great for your audience, especially around the holidays, because every country does celebrate Some kind of holiday around the Christmas season. Usually it's Christmas, but it might be Hanukkah, it might be Kwanzaa, it might be something else, but it's around that same time in December of each year. So often taking a break from that, and maybe that's for your season, maybe it's you just decide to take a break, but that often works well because it gives people the opportunity to not have to consume something during that time. Television shows do this as well, where around the Christmas time, they release fewer episodes, they wrap up with a mid-season finale, they take some time off. There are many reasons for that, but one of them is that consumption does go down during that time. So if you continue releasing episodes during that time, you might feel more stressed, and your audience might not be consuming all of that content because they're off partying at the beach at Christmas time, or they're off sledding down a hill at Christmas time. So these low consumption times like summers and holidays could be a good time to take a hiatus. Could be. Just remember that. Could be. Because there's some great feedback that I'll be sharing in a little bit on this. That's number one benefit to your audience. Number two benefit, it builds anticipation for the show's return. This ties in with your publication and presentation schedule. When you take a hiatus people start really looking forward to the return of the show. Especially if you're putting out little teasers and you have some kind of date announcing when you'll be back. You could put a countdown on your website to say, the show will return in so many days, so many hours, and so many seconds. And it can build anticipation up, which can then help you often get more attention in certain podcast directories and circles. This is how my Once Upon a Time podcast has been featured more than once in iTunes New and Noteworthy. Not because it was new. New and Noteworthy is really two different categories. It's new podcasts and noteworthy podcasts. And I'm not the only podcast that's been in there more than once. I've seen a bunch of podcasts be in there more than once, and it happens all the time. Our Once Upon a Time podcast was relisted in New and Noteworthy because the podcast returned from a hiatus and the TV show returned from a hiatus And the anticipation was really building for the return of the TV show, and that fit along really well with putting our podcast back in new and noteworthy, and it got more attention then because people are watching the show, and then here's this podcast that's featured about the show. So it built that anticipation by having a seasonal approach. Whereas if we were just continuing on week after week after week, there might not be as much anticipation building for the return. Because yeah, we've had the podcast all this time, but the TV show will be back. But the podcast has always been here. I know there's a flip side to this, and I'll get to that in just a moment. That's number two. Number three, a seasonal approach covers topics more thoroughly, which can be great for your audience to really understand something a lot better. This ties in with your seasonal presentation approach. Your audience may want more than one episode on a particular topic. I think of the BOAG World web design podcast. And when they did this series for a whole season of talking about the apps, web apps, tools, mobile apps, it was a great resource. And it allowed them to share so many more tools than if they'd just done one episode because they could share a collection of tools. And talk about them. And then in the next episode, it's more tools because it reminded people of great tools that they use in their own workflows. And they could send those in as feedback and just episode after episode after episode of great tools for web designers and website owners. Because of that seasonal approach, they could cover that one basic topic, tools for web design, much more thoroughly. You could do that in your podcast as well, and your audience might really benefit from that. That's number three. Number four, seasonal podcasting encourages consuming or reconsuming the content archive during the hiatus, especially if you have a seasonal publication schedule. When people aren't receiving new content from you, if they're really loyal to your show, it's possible that they'll go back and listen to episodes or watch episodes that they haven't gotten to consume before especially if they're jumping in somewhere in the middle of your show and they've been following you for your weekly show for a while, then you take a break and they don't have that content. They'll be hungry for that content so they can go back and consume some of your older episodes. And you could even end your season with recommending specific episodes to people to say something like, we're going to take a five-week hiatus and return with season two, during that five-week hiatus, I really recommend that you listen to episodes one through five. That can be a great way to encourage more connection with your content without having to keep producing content, especially if you've got a large catalog of content out there in previous episodes. That's number four. Number five a seasonal podcast approach makes it easy for your audience to catch up on podcasts, not just yours, but other podcasts that they are consuming. This is your seasonal publication schedule where you take a break from podcasting. I actually like it when podcasters take a break because I am subscribed to too many podcasts, really. So when a podcaster takes a break, it gives me that opportunity to catch up on their podcast as well as other people's podcasts so I can often be on the same page as they are once they return with their podcast or I can catch up on the other shows that I've been wanting to listen to as well but just didn't want to sacrifice my time with the main shows that I'm listening to this is more of a smaller thing for those people who listen to a lot of podcasts But what Edison Research is finding that's really cool is that podcast consumers are consuming more spoken word content than non-podcast consumers. So it's not just they're listening to more spoken word content, period, but they're listening to more audio throughout the day. I think a lot of that is because they're discovering how portable podcast consumption is and they can listen to podcasts while they're at work, while they're exercising. They can consume this great content and they get exposed to more and more great content that really interests them. So they end up consuming a lot more instead of just listening to the radio all the time, which may or may not be as engaging for them. So I think we will see a day where not just more people are listening to podcasts, but the people who listen to podcasts will continue listening to more and more podcasts. It's kind of like once you see a TV show you really enjoy, you might then decide, oh, I wonder what other TV shows are out there that I might really enjoy. Or you read a great book in a particular genre and you decide to go out and discover what other great books there might be. That is growing in podcasting as well. So these are the benefits to both you as the podcaster. And to your audience for having a seasonal approach to your podcast. But there are some disadvantages as well. Here are the disadvantages to you as the podcaster. Number one, it's easy to lose your motivation during the breaks. When you're doing this seasonal approach with your production and your publication, sometimes it may feel like a chore, not only to produce the podcast week after week after week, when you get that break, you may really enjoy that break and you may decide oh this is just so nice to have this free time maybe you filled up that time that you were using for the podcast and then you start trying to figure out how am I going to squeeze the podcast into my new lifestyle that I've picked up while I've been on hiatus and it can often be just too easy to decide nah I'm not going to actually pick this back up and that may or may not be important to you, but it is something that could possibly happen and it is a potential disadvantage to a seasonal approach with your podcast, especially a production or publication seasonal approach. Number two, it might give too much time for you to procrastinate. This ties in with your production schedule and your publication schedule We joked about this with our Clean Comedy Podcast that when we went on that bi-weekly release schedule, we felt like fewer funny things happened in two weeks than in one week. And what would typically happen is it wasn't as forward in our thinking for look for funny things, record these funny things that happen, take notes of life that happens that might be funny to share. The same thing with when I was bi-weekly with the Audacity to Podcast, I remember saying something like, the quality will increase because I'll have more time to prepare. Looking back, I feel like the quality decreased a little bit because it was not as much a part of my life to prepare for those podcast episodes. It was very easy to procrastinate and wait until that last minute, even though I had two weeks to do it, to wait until... That last day to actually prepare. Just look at how this works in life. If you give someone a deadline for a project and you say, write this paper and have it to me in six months' time, your first thought is probably something like, whoa, I've got six months. I can really take my time on this thing. And you procrastinate because you have more time to do it. But if someone said, you have three days to write this paper, You're probably not thinking, well, I've got three days, I can procrastinate on that. I mean, you might be, but you are probably thinking, ah, only three days, I need to get started on this really quickly. Having a seasonal publication or production approach to your content could give you that same motivation to procrastinate more. Number three, you may tire of talking about the same topics if you have a seasonal presentation approach to your podcast you're talking about the same thing over and over and over again but just taking a different approach and you may feel like I really want to talk about something different but I have all of these other approaches I want to take to talk about this same topic but remember you don't have to podcast a certain way it's okay for you to change your mind I don't recommend that you just change your mind on any little whim But it's okay to plan these things, to make a shift in your branding, to make a shift in your approach to the content, and to just let people know, hey, this is the way I've been doing it, and I'm going to change it to do it this new way. I'm really excited about this new way for these different reasons, and I think you'll like it too because of these different things. That's number three. Number four, seasonal podcasts could be difficult to monetize. This could be in multiple areas of monetization, if you're concerned about that with your podcast. Like donations. It's harder to collect donations when your podcast audience is not hearing anything from you. They might be wondering, are they coming back? Should I really donate if I'm not going to see them return? They won't hear your opportunities for them to donate or things like that. For sponsorship, this could be difficult too, because your sponsor might not have an accurate picture of how much your show has grown you might not have an accurate picture either because you haven't been releasing episodes very consistently if you sell anything like a product or a service through your podcast or as a result of your podcast that will go down during a hiatus as well like with the audacity to podcast i mentioned my seo for podcasters course and now my podcast reviews and some of the other products and services i have for podcasters And if I stopped doing the Audacity to Podcast, I know I would see fewer people signing up for my podcast reviews or buying my SEO for Podcasters course because they're not hearing about it as much. Every episode can be an opportunity to remind people to donate, to visit your sponsor, to buy your product or service. And when you're not releasing episodes because you're taking a hiatus for your season, that means they're not being reminded of these things and your income will go down. That may or may not actually matter to you and it really depends on how you're producing your podcast. The thing that you could look at with this is if you're just doing a hobby podcast and for example you're using Libsyn or Blueberry to manage your hosting, you could downgrade your account instead of using that 400 megabyte plan, downgrade to the 50 megabyte or the 100 megabyte plan, that bare minimum during that hiatus. And you can save a little bit of money that way but you do need to continue paying for your media hosting because if you stop paying they stop hosting your media. So keep paying even if it's just down to the five dollar a month account with Libsyn and that keeps your episodes online and then re-upgrade when you're ready to start publishing again. That's number four difficult to monetize during a hiatus. These are some of the disadvantages to you as the podcaster. Now, the disadvantages to the audience are number one, it's too easy for subscribers to lose patience during a hiatus and just unsubscribe. There are different schools of thought on this. I don't think your audience will be eager to unsubscribe if they don't see an episode coming out. But there does come a point where especially if you have not announced your hiatus and this is why i say it's so important to announce your hiatus or that you're taking a break but if you haven't announced something like this and they see that there's no episode in five weeks or a month or something like that they might wonder if you're ever coming back and they may just decide "Eh, i'm not really interested in waiting for this podcast anymore and then they unsubscribe from your show completely I don't think that happens a lot, but it could happen if your hiatus is longer than a month. There are still podcasts I'm subscribed to. I'm, I'm holding out for that episode, just waiting very eagerly, hoping that there might be a bonus episode released in the feed. And alas, there hasn't been in a while, but I do know podcasts that have released an episode a year later. And I'm glad that I didn't unsubscribe from a podcast like that because I received that episode and I wouldn't have otherwise never known that they released that episode. I don't recommend you put your audience through that though. Number two, having podcast seasons fails to satisfy an audience when they still want the content. This is both of these points that I just mentioned are your publication seasonal approach when you're doing a podcast about a tv show it can be very easy and tempting to take a hiatus when that tv show takes a hiatus as well and it can make sense because the audience will be down i see this consistently from my once upon a time podcast even the time when we continued podcasting weekly during a hiatus our downloads still dropped during the summer months when the tv show was no longer on tv And it made sense because it just wasn't in front of everyone's minds. They weren't looking for it regularly. However, an audience is often still eager for that content, especially if it's fan content for other seasonal content. Like for our Once Upon a Time podcast, when the TV show is not airing, the really passionate fans still want content about the TV show. They want to hear spoilers. They want to hear other ideas. They want to theorize about something. They're re-watching old episodes and coming up with new ideas. And if your podcast isn't there to satisfy that desire that they have to continue consuming that content, then they may unsubscribe from your podcast. Or they may try someone else's podcast and decide that they like that other podcast more than they like yours and unsubscribe. So it can be difficult to build an audience and maintain an audience if you're taking a seasonal approach with your production schedule. Number three, a seasonal podcast schedule is more difficult to build that audience because you're not putting out as much content. If you're putting out an episode every week for three months, then you take three months off, then you're three months on, then three months off, very similar to how TV shows do it in a year, you've only released 26 episodes instead of 52 potential episodes. So that's half as many opportunities to grow your audience. And producing content consistently over time really is the best way to continue growing your audience. Every I cover this in my SEO for Podcasters course over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash SEO because it's more than just the information about meta fields and keywords and that kind of thing but one of the things i talk about there is that search engine optimization ties in a lot with how frequently you produce content every piece of content you put out is another opportunity to be indexed by search engines it's another opportunity to use a new collection of keywords short form and long tail keywords that it might just be that single word like podcasting or it might be something more specific like how do i podcast with audacity If you're doing a seasonal approach, you have fewer opportunities to release that kind of content to build an audience. And it's hard to build an audience when you're not actually actively releasing content. Number four, there's also less short term variety for your subscribers, and it could also inspire unsubscriptions from your audience if you're doing a presentational seasonal approach to your content they might decide, oh, this top 10 thing, I'm not really a fan, I'm going to unsubscribe for this season. And then they forget about your show. Or if you decide that you're going to do an entire season just for the beginners, then everyone who's not a beginner who listens or watches your podcast will probably decide, meh, I don't need this, I know this stuff already, and they'll unsubscribe. That's why I'm not going to do any kind of season that's all for the beginner or all for the advanced podcaster because I know that will alienate the rest of my audience and in the long run really hurt and that's also why when I do a mini-series I try to keep it short unless it's something that can really apply to a lot of podcasters like challenging the podcasting assumptions that was just over 10 episodes and I think that applied to any podcaster out there but when I did my short mini-series Somewhere around episode 44, I think, was when I started it about live streaming that applies to a much smaller audience. So I kept that to a shorter number of episodes in that mini series. If you do a seasonal approach with your presentation, then you could be alienating a large number of your audience during a particular season and thus lead to unsubscriptions and you lose your audience instead of building your audience. You might build your audience for that particular approach that you're taking. But then in the next season, you might be alienating every audience member you just brought to your show because the next season doesn't apply to them and it applies to someone else. So you almost have to keep relaunching your show. I'm not saying do actually relaunch your show, but it's as if you're relaunching your show over and over, having to build your audience up again, almost from scratch. These are some of the disadvantages to podcast seasons for both the podcaster and the audience. I'd love your thoughts on these. Please comment on the show notes at com slash seasons. I received such great feedback from you and other listeners on this idea of podcast seasons. I emailed my email list and asked them, what do you think of podcast seasons? And I shared some of these ideas of the pros and cons for each of these. And I received such amazing feedback that I want to read all of this feedback to you. This came in from Mike from In The News. He said, from the point of view of a listener, I don't think I like the idea of my favorite podcast being seasonal. One of the things I like most about podcasts and one of the reasons that I have become a loyal listener of podcasts is that I feel they are always there for me, even during the times that my favorite TV show or other programming are off or on hiatus, perhaps even especially because of that. I feel like I can always count on my podcasts and podcast creators to be there whenever I feel like listening to them. From a podcast creator point of view, however, some of the points are valid and I have to say I've never thought about them before. It sure would be nice to take a few weeks or longer off to research new topics or upgrade my website or explore new relationships, etc. I also never thought about having a hiatus build excitement for my show's return but can see how that might help. I guess I would say that my feelings on the issue are mixed. I know podcasters can't work 365 days a year so I would never begrudge anyone a break. At the same time I'm happy that my favorite shows produce more consistently than any other forms of media such as television. Thank you Mike from In The News. I have a link to his show in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytospodcast dot com slash seasons, and I'll be linking to all of these other podcasters who sent in feedback and included the link with their podcast. Jeff Holbrook from Daggers of the Mind said, "I think story based podcasting can be seasonal. I think live morning show type podcasts should be there on a consistent schedule all the time and become part of someone's routine. It all comes down to the content. If your morning show stops for a few weeks," another show will fill the vacuum. People are used to breaks between movies, TV series, books, and other episodic content. People work all summer and need to listen to informational and motivational shows on a consistent schedule. Once you establish that routine in them, they may feel betrayed slightly and find someone else to fill that void. They may like them better than you if they aren't let down a couple of times a year. Thank you, Jeff, from Daggers of the Mind. Great points there. Byron Friday from Byron's Bike said, Content delivery intervals make no difference to me. I prefer to receive push notifications via email or SoundCloud app. I don't use the bloatware iTunes for podcast subscriptions. For some content creators, I think the batch production method that Michael Hyatt switched to makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Byron. From Crusaders Media, they said, I think it's a win-win for everyone and right up there with television podcasting. Fiction podcasting needs seasons as well, I'm finding. Yeah, I really agree. Fiction podcasting, drama podcasting, something like that, entertainment-style podcasts can work really well with seasons. Tom Lemke said, I think the TV season model is a fantastic one for podcasters and listeners, and my upcoming podcast will be following that model with 12-episode seasons. I feel that taking the pressure off on constant content creation is one of the biggest pros. Doing it this way will allow me to batch process pre-production, lining up guests, etc., production and post-production, thus saving precious time and avoiding the feeling of having to juggle all the plates at once. A potential con would be not being able to respond to certain trends and feedback along the way, say acknowledging a faster than expected audience growth or putting in advertisers. But I think this can be minimized if I save episode finalization for the week of release and add a postscript as seamlessly as possible. I can't count how many podcasts I've lost track of around the holidays or other life events, annual or otherwise. They keep going and I'm left behind. I could catch up but the steady stream of content makes it feel like an impossible task. At least if there were chapters, so to speak, as in a seasonal situation, I could focus on finishing one season at a time and get a sense of closure from each one. I think non seasonal content is good for a current eventsy podcast, like a political commentary that works just as well for terrestrial radio. But since we're not doing terrestrial radio, why play that game? Why not be like the old radio dramas or TV seasons as mentioned? Thank you, Tom. Matt said, I produce in seasons. He has a show on YouTube, and I'll have a link to that show when I find out what it is in the show notes for this episode. I produce in seasons because it's the only way I can do it. I can film about six episodes on a Sunday morning when the house is empty, and it then takes a month or so to edit together. That makes a season. Personally, I'd rather release a constant stream of episodes, but it's just not possible. I've toyed with the idea of doing fortnightly episodes but that doesn't seem any better than seasons of weekly episodes. Great ideas Matt. Great feedback there. Josh Rivers from Creative Studio Academy said I have a podcast that I started intentionally planning on a seasonal format. For me the reasoning was that I'm going with an academic frame. Schools, colleges have semesters or seasons. I'll be closing the second semester in a few weeks. Between the first and second semester, I took three to four weeks off. I did notice the numbers drop even when I started back up, so I think that was too long. I'm only going to take one week off between semesters two and three. I've also started to use the idea of semesters or seasons to concentrate on a particular topic. My over topic for the podcast is online content creation. The first semester was just a bunch of miscellaneous episodes. The second semester primarily focused on blogging, with a little of about websites, what pages to have, design, layout, etc. The third semester will primarily focus on podcasting. Part of my podcast deals with testing things and seeing how they work, the quote studio unquote part of Creative Studio Academy. So I'm trying different things beyond the quote normal unquote ways. I don't have a big following, but that is largely due to lack of effort in that area. This is something I plan on working on more soon. Seasonal podcasting in general, I think that seasonal podcasting can work well with TV show podcasts, podcasting along with the show airing, having a few podcast episodes between seasons or mid-season breaks, and he said, once upon a time is killing me. Yeah, it's killing me too can be beneficial to keep in touch with the audience and bring new revealed information, bonus interviews, or additional perspective. Like we just watched something and we noticed this cool thing. If other genres were to do a seasonal format, I think it would be best to only have a week in between seasons or maybe no break, just a change in topic, etc. Generally speaking, I think that listeners can understand if a podcast needs to take a week off every once in a while. And as long as they are aware of it they can deal with a week off a break that is longer especially if they don't know how long can hurt the growth of the podcast thank you josh rivers from creative studio academy great thoughts there john from arc reactions podcast said relating to the seasonal podcasting we do it for arc reactions podcast first reason is so that dylan and i can get caught up on our buffer For the first two years we were releasing every two weeks and we started with an eight episode buffer by the end of season one we had six in the buffer and were able to bring that back up to eight by season two after season two we have four in the buffer now at the end of season two we made a decision to reduce arc reactions podcast to a monthly release schedule so that we could work on other projects almost immediately we picked up the podcast bat books for beginners on the BatmanUniverse.net. And here it is, February, and we have been working furiously to get our buffers built up for both shows. I want four for each, or eight total, like we have done for just ARC reactions when it was on a two-week release schedule. Second reason for the hiatus is that Dylan and I get busy during the holidays. Our season ends the middle of November and we pick back up at the beginning of January. I travel to family during the holidays and it is difficult to keep up with covering the material and finding recording times that work for both of us. Third reason is that I believe the audience also gets busy around the holidays and this allows them to stay current with the show when it returns in January or not have as many episodes to catch back up on. The last reason was that it allows us to tackle bigger projects with the hiatus if we are not behind and needing to catch up on a regular sized content. What we do with Arc Reaction's podcast is review comic book story arcs, usually 6 to 12 issues. But there are very large arcs that we have tackled in multiple parts or use the hiatus to work on. The first episode of this year, Planet Hulk, was 24 issues long. This is very difficult to do in a two-week timetable. Our process is to read the issues twice, summarize the story, develop talking points, and then record. That is doable on a two-week timetable for those shorter arcs. Thank you, John, from Arc Reactions podcast. Gary Fawcett from Mana Beekeeping said, We have a seasonal podcast. We only operate it during the bee season. Being beekeepers, this makes sense to us. We focus on building equipment over the New Zealand winter June and July each year. What we find is that most of our listeners are in the United States, so the seasons are all the wrong way around. But that could explain why our American listeners go up in the American winter. I see the importance of having a break and after a long B season here, we need a winter break. What I might do is release evergreen content over our break Probably interviews to keep our listeners coming back for new content. And that's from Gary Fawcett from the Kiwi Mana Beekeeping podcast. Garrett M. Peterson from Economics Detective Radio said, I can think of an advantage to the seasonal format. It makes crowdfunding easier. Kickstarter doesn't allow ongoing projects, but breaking a podcast into seasons turns it into a series of discrete projects that can potentially be funded through a series of Kickstarter campaigns. Thank you, Garrett. Great idea. Something I didn't even think of at all from this. Jason Bates said, My thoughts are that if your podcast is for entertainment value only, then you can get away with seasonal, kind of like a play or an improv type of podcast. Since most podcasts are informational and we are on the same line with news, then I think that seasonal would not work. Jeremy said, I'm not sure what I think about seasons for podcasts. But the assumption of the TV industry that viewership goes down during the holidays makes me question their reasoning around that theory. So I guess I think seasons may work for some content, but not most content. Does viewership go down around the holidays? Or does the fact that almost no new content is released during the holidays cause viewership declines? I mean, Christmas Day is typically the best box office day of the year for the movies, And if it isn't, that is because the 4th of July is a better performer. Summer box office is also better than winter box office generally. So the question raises its head again. Is that because there is so little fresh content for TV? Back in the early days of television when the at most three over-the-air channels covered the local MLB team during the summer it made sense to reduce the production costs by not producing new content during the summer because there was no competition. But today, a lot of networks launch shows that become hits in the summer. NBC will soon be bringing the summer show The Night Shift back for a second season and it launched in the summer. Breaking Bad was a summer show that became a hit for AMC. There is such a dearth of new content in the summer, you are almost forced to not watch television. And the same thing too, uh, side note here for me, the same thing too with Under the Dome. That's a show on CBS that releases only in the summertime, and we have a podcast about it over at com. Back to Jeremy's message. So is this the ultimate chicken and the egg scenario in terms of viewership? Having said that, if you launch seasons the way John Lee Dumas would launch seasons, with a new feed for each season to maximize new and noteworthy exposure, or at least attempt to do so... I could actually see a pragmatic benefit to the process. Side note on that, that's actually not what John is doing, not just relaunching for the benefit of new and noteworthy. It's because John is putting so many episodes out there that he can't have more than 300 episodes in a single iTunes listing. And he has more than 300 episodes. So he launches these sort of seasons or a batch of episodes so that people can still find that timeless older content. You can have more than 300 items in an RSS feed, and people can download it once they're subscribed, but the iTunes store is limited to 300 items, so anything more than 300 won't be found with a search. So you're missing out on search engine optimization there. Check out theaudacitypodcast.com slash SEO to learn more about that for podcasters. Thank you, Jeremy, for those great and challenging thoughts Seth Ressler said for a long time I rejected the idea of seasons out of hand because the conventional wisdom was that the audience would drop however now that I am taking my podcast on the road and combining multiple interviews into each episode I am essentially moving from an over-the-phone WTF style format to a this American life format weekly or even bi-weekly episodes simply aren't possible. In short, I'm opting to increase the quality and decrease the quantity of my podcast episodes. One big factor, I do not do a podcast that is driven by current events. As a result, my podcasts have a long shelf life. This is a major factor in my decision. The other factor was the success of Serial. I view it as a watershed moment for podcasting and it has led me to believe that now is the time to invest in a higher quality product great thoughts Seth I really agree now's the time to make a higher quality product and lastly here from Rio Windcaller from the leading chaos podcast said not only TV uses seasonal trends fashion is seasonable craft beer drinkers are trained to look for seasonal releases I write about craft beer part-time and so does wine and now I expect cider will do the same Restaurants work with seasonal offerings? For my full-time work as a conflict management consultant, I see seasonal trends on behavior and offer that advice and reminder to be aware to my clients. This type of consumer rhythm works well for all and provides a bit of welcomed excitement. I started Leading Chaos Podcast specifically on September 11th to commemorate the day and plan on offering a special podcast annually for this day. Since then, I have played with interviews and provided both content and two ongoing series. Currently, I am reading my nonfiction book on the topic of conflict management, and I hear that listeners like the part one, part two, part three, and so on model. This way, they can go back to episodes as needed without feeling overwhelmed by the content, and it works really well for me, too, in formatting and design. I considered for a moment today that I should podcast on the current weather and how to manage the chaos of snow. But we work with a global audience. And for some, it is now summer. Uh, Side note here, it's still timeless content because someone will probably still experience snow at some point, unless they're in Texas or Mexico. If one goes for a seasonal thread in the world of podcasting and online media, it is imperative to stay in the global mindset and keep it relevant to all. Great thoughts I think to lead out on from Maria, Wincaller from the Leading Chaos podcast. Thank you very much for the great feedback. I hope you really appreciated this feedback as well. That's why I wanted to spend extra time make a longer episode here to cover this fantastic feedback that came in. Please check out all of the podcasts of those that sent in this great feedback and share your own thoughts and ideas from your perspective as a podcaster or your perspective as a podcast consumer about podcasting seasons go to the show notes at the audacity to slash seasons for episode 211 i'll save my thanks for the great podcast reviews i've received thank you very much by the way for those for next week to thank those people specifically but if you'd like to get your own podcast reviews emailed to you automatically from across the world through itunes and stitcher go to mypodcastreviews.com. I'd love to help you improve your podcasting. You can contact me through the website at theaudacitytopodcast.com and suggest topics and send feedback for future episodes as well. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success, regardless of whether you do seasons or just a straight run. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.